Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This podcast is released every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and consists of three segments. Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a new or different perspective. BTS, where we recap my past week, including new finds, exciting encounters, and more. TV recaps, covering all TV that I watch, including reality TV, scripted series, documentaries, and movies. Now, if you're listening via podcast app, make sure to subscribe. Please, please, please subscribe. It really makes a difference. Leave a rating, leave a review, a comment. It all matters. And of course, there is a visual to this podcast. Um, visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. However, there is not a visual, I think for the first time ever, maybe, um, for this episode because I am a shit show and I will explain um, shortly. Also, make sure to follow me at Starring Milana on Instagram. So, why I am a shit show, may one ask? This is why. I was fully prepared to uh, record the audio and film a video like I do every single time I release an episode, but I don't have my actual memory card with me. And I need the memory card to record on my camera, and I don't have it because I have been moving for um, a week or two now. So my life the past like six months has been crazy. I haven't really talked about it, but um, my parents, you know, they're immigrants and while their English is decent, I mean, but my mom was good in her and her field, like she knows everything in her field and she knows English pretty well. But when it comes to like contracts and bank accounts and this and the will and a trust in the house and all of the shenanigans they just don't really know um so it all kind of falls back on me so ever I think wait let me think when we start we started in November um no October October November they started looking for a house actually it goes back to September I would say September October they started looking for a house and um of course, I got put on that project, as I do with everything in my family. A lot of it falls back on me. So we were looking for a house for them. As you guys know, the market in California was crazy last year. It's still crazy, but it was way more intense last year. So we started looking for houses, and um, it just was very competitive, and it was very hard to find what they needed. Um, and finally, they found something that they liked, and we had to go through you know, the approval process and the loans and the this and the that. And a lot of it fell back on me, the paperwork, the documents, um, back and forth with the inspectors, just everything basically. So I have been doing that. Um, that was kind of my project towards the end of the year and then started the remodeling process because they needed to remodel their house. And it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to paint some things here and there and we're going to uh, switch out a few fixtures. No, they demoed basically, you know, the whole house with the exception of a, a few walls, um, you know, and so that was a huge project for me. I've never done anything like that before, but logistically, like I'm, I'm good with logistics. Um, I understand design. I understand logistics. I understand what comes first, what needs to be built first. I understand um, dimension. I understand a lot because of the events industry and we do a lot of build outs. I'm really, really good with um, that kind of stuff. So the remodel fell on my lap as well um and because it was my first time doing it there was just a lot of work I did design decks I've been managing contracts you know roofing everything everything you can think of it fell on me um and then you know four months into that 
five months into that, they had to put their house on the market, their curtain house, and that fell back on me. So it was just a lot of uh, pressure on me the past few months, and I've been dealing with it as best as I can. I'm also very busy. I also work, um, and then I have this podcast. So it was a lot of work for one human being. Well, finally, house was sold. New house was, you know, basically done. The backyard needs to be redone, but we're just kind of like, you know what, let's just get into this house first. The inside is basically finished, and then we'll work on the backyard later because otherwise we're never going to get into this house. So uh, that was what I was dealing with the past two weeks was basically packing and getting everything out of my parents' old house into the new house. Now, this old house has my entire life in it. I'm talking about like, I don't know, little dresses from when I was like six years old. I'm talking about trophies, crowns, um, dance uniforms, books, everything that you can think of is in this house. And I have been, you know, for the past two weeks going crazy, trying to figure out what to keep, what not to keep packing, getting rid of stuff, and then trying to make sure that this new house is finished, getting the appliances to be delivered. Oh, wait, this doesn't work. Call Best Buy, get this, call Bosch, do this, set up the security system. So my past two weeks have been complete insanity. And I had this trip booked to go to Austin this past weekend, and I've had it booked for months now. And um, when, because I thought we were going to move like the first week, the second week of April, but it didn't work out that way. So in these two weeks, I have been running around like a crazy chicken with my head cut off. That is why you guys didn't get any podcast episodes. I've also been super busy with work stuff. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the podcast took a back seat, but we got everything out. We moved, but I'm just a little bit displaced. I have clothes here, boxes there. While my podcast equipment's at my boyfriend's house, and I'm just trying to get my footing somewhere because I am just scattered all over the place. So, um, with that being said, throughout this entire move, um, I am trying to find all my shit, and I somehow, you know, can't find my memory card. So that is why you are getting an audio version only. Um, and it is, you know, tomorrow's Monday morning. This is like 10 p.m. on Sunday. I'm exhausted. I just got back from Austin. I had an exhausting but fun trip. And then as soon as I got back, I had to go to a baby shower for one of my, you know, best friends. And now I am here recording and trying to get recorded this and edit it and get it out by early Monday morning for you guys to hear because it's been, you know, two weeks since I released. So I know that it's time. With that said, Let's get straight into this episode. Um, In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the death penalty, the wedding meal spiked with weed, and the Johnny Depp of it all. And let's kick off with Talkworthy. So, I saw this headline and it really caught my attention. Um, Let me kind of read this to you guys. So, according to the Washington Post, Richard Bernard Moore has spent over 20 years on death row in South Carolina. In less than two weeks, the 57-year-old man convicted of killing a store clerk in 1999 is scheduled to become the first person put to death in the state since 2011, but he won't die by lethal injection, one of the three execution methods available in South Carolina. Forced by the state to pick between the electric chair or a firing squad, Moore chose the latter, which would make him the fourth prisoner in the United States to die by that method since 1976 and the first in the state to select the firing squad. Last year, South Carolina, one of the 27 states where the death penalty remains legal, passed a law making 
electrocution, the primary execution method, unless an inmate chooses to die by a firing squad of three members. Lawmakers argued the measure was necessary to end the state's moratorium on the death penalty caused by lack of access to lethal injections and need to give victims' families some type of closure. Okay, first of all, first of all, I don't think that the closure for me personally would be the death of another person. Like if a friend or family member was a victim of their attack. I just don't see like an eye for an eye as closure, but that's just me personally. I can't really speak for anyone else. I've also never had to deal with something that horrific. So, you know, really, what can I say? But for me, an eye for an eye doesn't work. And I don't think that that would necessarily give me the closure that a lot of people believe they would need. Um, Also, who are these three people who are participating in this like firing squad um, method? Like, Basically, at this point, inmates have a choice, you know, between the three, lethal injection, electric chair, and the firing squad. But according to the director of the state's Department of Corrections, despite diligent efforts, they have been unable to obtain or acquire the necessary drugs for execution by lethal injection. Um, They haven't been able to obtain these drugs since 2016 and thus have been delaying executions. I can't believe that the firing squad is even an actual option. How is that, like, I don't know, ethical, you know? Nobody should be legally killing someone with guns. And I know that the argument is like, well, this person who's on death row murdered an innocent human being, so they deserve to die. And, you know, that means by any means, I just don't really know if I believe in that. You know, I just think that I don't think anyone should be legally killing someone with guns. Like, that's kind of disgusting. And some people especially like with guns and rifles like we've seen it in this country i don't know why people in this country the mental you know mental illness epidemic anything like that people get really like trigger happy and i have a fear that if this becomes like a viable option um or choice you know that we're going to see a lot of people get trigger happy watch somebody you know get murdered legally and think that this is okay like this method of execution this like eye for an eye here's three people shooting this person to death just standing over their body shooting them to death making it seem like this is okay I think this image is going to cause a lot of issues for us in this country and there's going to be a lot of people with weapons who are going to justify a lot of heinous crimes um and you know by, by actually committing a similar act. And I don't think that this is a good idea. I can't even believe that this is something that we are, you know, legally doing. Like, yeah, sure, like legally they don't have, you know, they're not guilty of anything, but they have blood on their hands. It's not ethical. So I don't know. I really don't understand this. I'm really not here for this. And I think that they need to find another method or maybe there is no choice. Maybe if they can't find the drugs necessary, then they have to do the electrical chair and it is what it is. But I just don't see a firing squad as a good alternative to lethal injection. I just don't see it. I don't see it and I'm not here for it. The second thing I want to talk about is um, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trials that we've been hearing all about this past week. Um, according to CNN, actors Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are in a contentious defamation trial in Virginia court with proceedings set to resume on Monday. 
Depp is suing Heard, his ex-wife, for $50 million over a 2018 op-ed she wrote for the Washington Post in which she described herself as the public figure representing domestic abuse. Though Depp was not named in the article, he claims it cost him lucrative acting roles. Both Heard and Depp, who met in 2009 and were married from 2015 to 2016, accused the other of acts of physical violence during their relationship. They have both denied the other's claims. Okay, guys, there's like so much to talk about. It's so messy. So the audio recording that came out a while back was played in court. I don't know if you guys remember this. I I can remember this like it was yesterday. So Amber was saying in these um, audio recordings to Johnny that she didn't punch him. She just hit him, but it wasn't a punch. She's also kind of like taunting him in the audio, calling him a fucking baby um, and basically telling him to like man up. Now, he claims that, you know, under oath, he swore under oath that he has never actually hit her he's never really put his hands on her he's never been violent with her and the court asked about a particular incident that happened where his head like hit her nose insinuating that it was like a headbutt and he was like no I was trying to restrain her so you know my head accidentally hit her nose but I would never headbutt her like I don't do that I don't hit women I don't touch women in that way um And then he said that she threw a bottle of vodka at him in 2015 and severed his finger. And um, apparently when it first happened, he said that it was an accident and he like damaged his finger in the door or something like that. Like a door hit it. The door was closing. But really it was her. She threw a bottle of vodka and he just didn't want to like embarrass her at the time or cause any issues for her. Um, And then apparently after this happened, he wrote on the wall in their house with like blood and paint. I don't understand. And then a lot of his text messages have been made public. He says in them to a friend that he would um, fuck her dead corpse uh, just to make sure that she's actually dead and that he hopes her corpse is rotting in a Honda Civic somewhere. And of course, he's apologized for this language and says he has dark humor and that obviously he's not actually going to um, do anything to her. Now, throughout all of this, we found out information about his childhood and um, that his mother was actually abusive towards his father, verbally abusive specifically, and his father just kind of stood there and he took it and that Johnny kind of watched this happen for years as a child. There's psychologist Johnny and um, Amber. She's Amber psychologist. She testified, basically saying that the couple uh, participated in what she believes to be mutual abuse. So there's a lot that's come out, um, but I think that she's going um, on the stand next, and then I don't know, maybe the next couple of weeks, and maybe even this week. I have no idea, but I think that more information is going to come out. I think both damaging and could be favorable to her. We're still kind of waiting for her to be cross-examined so we can see really like her side of things. But from what I know so far, what we've seen so far, I'm just a little conflicted on this one. I believe that like marital problems should remain between the couple. I think all things should always be kept in the house. Like I'm very much uh, Jennifer Aiden from New New Jersey Housewives. I'm not going to spill my dirty laundry or sit there and tell everyone my business, not even close family members, because I just really believe that everything should be kept in the house. The second you start opening up your marriage and your conversation, like opening it up for a conversation, then, you know, people feel like they have an opinion and a right to um, say whatever they want about your marriage. 
But in this situation, you know, they are getting a divorce. They're no longer together. And I think that you should be able to talk about your personal life and your experiences like abuse in marriage if you've been abused because you never know who you can help. And maybe it's just kind of also like a... Um, healing process for yourself it's her personal story and she can share it if she wants to um, especially if she didn't name him in the story but the thing is according to this tri to this trial uh, she isn't completely innocent and when you have blood on your hands you can't really point fingers and that's my problem with this amber heard situation is i feel like allegedly she was guilty of a few things and I don't think that she should be pointing any fingers in this particular situation. And I don't think that article should have ever been written if she really was provoking him or taunting him in any way. I'm not saying anything that she received or he received was, you know, deserving of any way. Let me be clear. But I don't think that if you are a part of the problem that you can sit here and write an article about your experience with abuse when you are literally, literally on camera, talk on audio, talking about you just hit him, you didn't punch him, and he needs to stop being such a fucking baby. I mean, I, what? Like, you can't point the finger. So I think what I will say is that people should really reflect on the love that they share and kind of move on when it ends. Um, let's not air, you know, it's dirty laundry. Like, look what's, you know, come of this. The most private inner workings of their relationship is revealed and it really just honestly makes both of them look bad. So I think that it's unfortunate when relationships end, but it even if there's some bitter, you know, some one person's bitter about the situation or resentful, I think the best case scenario always is just to kind of remember the good times and then continue and move on with your life and focus on happier things, new things, a brighter future, instead of reflecting back on a situation that didn't work out and going down a rabbit hole that really like none of us should have been privy to, I don't believe. Before we get into the final story and talk worthy, I want to talk about Nutrafol. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's more than common. It's actually normal, but it's not openly talked about, especially amongst women. Going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. It's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women who are standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women through all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician-formulated using natural, drug-free, and medical-grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. Over 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MILANA to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MILANA, and MILANA is spelled M-I-L-A-N-A. So I have a question to kick off the last topic of Talkworthy. What would you do if you were unwillingly drugged? Probably want that person arrested or pay fine, right? Well, what if it was one of your friends and it was her wedding day? So I saw this headline and of course I instantly thought, Florida, duh. 
Um, according to CNN, a Florida bride and her wedding kit caterer have been arrested and accused of lacing wedding food including lasagna with marijuana and causing several guests to become sick according to the arrest warrant affidavits bride Danya shea svoboda 42 and caterer jocelyn montrins bryant 31 have been charged with culpable negligence delivery of marijuana and violating florida's anti-tampering act the affidavits say one affidavit alleges Svoboda agreed to and allowed Jocelyn Bryant to lace the food she served with cannabis unbeknownst to the attendees, many of whom became very ill and required medical attention. When Simona Lee County deputies arrived at a community clubhouse in Longwood on February 19th, several wedding guests were being treated by county fire rescue personnel for symptoms consistent with that of someone who has used illegal drugs. One a deputy asked Donya and her husband, Andrew, whether they had requested or con- consented to the food obtaining cannabis. Andrew stared at the deputy with a blank expression for a few moments before stuttering through a no. Deputies collected food and glassware from the wedding venue that had been used by guests, including a beer glass, lasagna, and desserts. The affidavit says the lasagna later tested positive for THC according to the documents. Some guests reported feeling stoned and ill and high. The affidavit said while another said he felt weird, tingly, fidgety, and had an extremely dry mouth after eating food at the wedding. Uh, One attendant actually went to the hospital where she believed her husband wasn't telling her the truth about other family members and that uh, her son-in-law actually died and nobody was telling her. Um, lab tests showed three wedding guests had urine tests that were positive for cannabis. According to the affidavits, one of the guests told investigators that after she realized she was high, she asked the bride if she had put marijuana in the olive oil and the guest, um, told a deputy that she answered yes and acted excited according to the documents. Okay. So, uh, several people intended to, uh, they said that they intend to sue and i just want to know what the fuck is actually wrong with people i can't believe this bride allegedly did this um people like after this wedding couldn't drive they slept in their cars on site they were just too paranoid and then some people said that they even felt like they were gonna have a heart attack so like i don't do drugs like I can't handle it I'm just like too paranoid I always think I'm gonna die like I just don't do it and if someone did this to me I'd probably never talk to them again so I understand those you know wanting to sue like how are you going to drug somebody against their will okay and I saw people commenting and saying stuff like it's just weed it's not addictive but what if someone is sober and can't handle any substances or like people who are drug tested at work and now they have this in their system? And um, what about people who are already drinking and now they're crossfaded? And are there any minors who ate the food? Like maybe it wasn't served to a minor. Maybe they tried their parents' food. Are there minors who have this food? And what if somebody's secretly pregnant and they are eating and they haven't told anyone they're pregnant because they're not past that, you know, whatever, three-month Mark, who actually does this? And it's not funny. It's weird. Like, who pulls pranks on their wedding day and like everyone else's expense? I don't know. I just thought this was crazy. And I really, like, don't understand how two adult women past the age of 30 can come together on a wedding day and think that this is a good idea. Like, Neither one of them 
try to talk the other out of it like you know it's it's funny like yeah it's weed like we're it's just weed what's the big deal yeah it is just weed i do look at weed and think like it is just weed it's not like it's coke or it's like any other drug it is weed is just weed but let me decide if i want it in my body i don't need someone else making that decision for me especially since you don't know what's going on with my body you don't know if i should be could be taking this substance you just don't know so yeah i think that they deserve to be arrested and you know pay the consequences whatever that means um and that is it for talk worthy we're gonna move on to bts uh so yeah i talked to you guys a little bit earlier in the episode about moving and the struggle that my life has been but after i moved i had this uh trip just trip to this trip planned for austin texas so i went it was three couples it was me and my boyfriend and two of my childhood friends from like middle school and their significant others one of my friend actually moved there with her um boyfriend and they bought a house and we went to visit her from here and we had a blast she's like a runner and she decided to do this 5k which is 3.1 miles um race uh she works she's a professor at ut austin and we said oh we want to do it with you so all six of us uh ran this race and you know i think i've only ran like over three miles a couple times on the treadmill and i thought i was like okay i could do this and when i you know landed in austin i was starting my monthly cycle and i'm like oh my god like i can't run like this also i hadn't ran at that point in like months so um or weeks so I was pretty sure that I was just going to walk, you know, I was like, oh, I'll start with a light jog and then I'll walk. But when I got there, I'm just so competitive with myself, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'll be happy if I can do 12 minutes a mile because honestly, like I just don't run and I'm shorter than everyone else. Like I can't run as fast as everyone else does. Like I'm just going to stick to my 12 minutes a mile. So they, you know, start this race and I just start running and I'm like, do you know, running behind my pacer, the 12 minute mile pacer. And then kind of like I can run a little bit faster let me just speed up so I start running and I end up doing I didn't stop one time I stopped for one second to get water and it was like literally for two seconds I I swallowed it and I threw and I kept running I ran the entire uh 3.1 miles I got 11 minutes a mile which is amazing for me I never and there was like hills and stuff too it's not just like flat and I've never you know done that before but I think the adrenaline adrenaline of the race and everyone there It just like got me excited and my boyfriend who doesn't run like at all, he runs like nothing, like three minutes on a treadmill, like before he does weights and stuff, he decided overachiever to get in the front row with like the actual runners and he ended up running like under seven minutes a mile, six something. I mean, he did so good. He ran the whole time. He was like dead tired. Um, But yeah, we all ran it. It felt like so accomplished and I remember being in high school and having to go to like the LA marathon and the AIDS walk and stand there in my cheer uniform and cheer on the runners. And then when I was in student government, like I had to pass out water. And I remember always thinking like, do they even care that we're here? Like, why am I waking up at five o'clock in the morning to stand there in my uniform and cheer on a bunch of people? I don't know. You know, it's like the city of LA. But when I was running, I looked around and it actually really does work. Like it motivates you to just keep running like I'm like all these people are watching I gotta go you know there's two kinds of people in the world some don't care and then there's the me's of the world who are like people are watching they're cheering us on they woke up to be here like 
I have to keep running. I can't disappoint the stranger, you know? So um, it was a really, really great experience. And then we went to, um, we also did like a lake day, day on the lake. And I've only been to Austin at this point like one time. And I went to South by Southwest a few years ago and I enjoyed it. But I, you know, it was South by Southwest. So it was everyone flying in from different cities. And this weekend it was just like really getting to see Austin and, you know, the people of Austin. And I really enjoyed it. It does remind me of L.A. in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the people are super nice. They're liberal uh, for the most part. And they have great restaurants. Um, it's a little laid back. There's, you know, fun party areas. There's great, like, neighborhoods with families. Um, it's clean. I really, I really enjoyed Austin. And I totally get the appeal. The only thing I will say is the weather. It's just, it's not L.A. I think that we, here in L.A., we really do pay for the weather, you know, the mortgage, the rent, the this, the that. What we're really paying for is the weather. We are so spoiled and we're so blessed to have great weather, hot, warm, you know, springy, whatever you want. But it's not freezing. There's no snow. It doesn't rain that much. And most importantly for me, it's not humid. Austin was fucking humid. I was sticky and just not feeling it. And this is like April. Like imagine in the summer how much worse it gets. So that would be my only beef with Austin. Besides that, I really enjoyed the city. I had such a good time with my friends. Um, we really packed a bunch of activities into like the weekend. And it was great. And I, you know, got on a flight at 6. Woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Got on my flight at 6.40. And came back to LA. Prepped for my podcast. Took a nap. Prepped for my podcast. Got ready and went to my friend's baby shower. Um, it was so funny. It was like blue theme. Everyone has to wear blue. And like all of the girls for like a week were trying to find a blue outfit. I don't know why there was not a lot of blue options. Like I looked on Revolve. I looked on Zara. I looked at ASOS. I ended up going out with this, going with a suit from Zara. And I find out like five other people either bought the suit or were about to buy the suit. And I had already told people that I was wearing it because I realized that there was not many, there's not that many blue options. And somebody was probably going to wear it. So thank God. I got in. I told everyone about it. But yeah, it's just it was I had a great time there. And um, that's really been my past couple of weeks it was like moving and Austin and this baby shower. And I'm just kind of happy to like slowly, you know, get back into the group of things. I think it's going to take me about another month to really like settle in um, into the new house, settle into like my schedule, get back to meditation because it's just been so hectic for me. I haven't really like focused on myself in a while I've been focusing on everybody else so I'm really excited to take May and really just like settle into everything handle everything and just be excited about like what June brings um for me and that's really it for BTS and for TV recap because I've been so crazy busy I haven't really been watching any TV um I'm not caught up with um Housewives and um I finished Bridgerton and I'm not ready to do that like recap but the two shows that I will recap really quickly is I did start watching the Kardashian show on Hulu and I am really living for it. Like it is so much better than the E! show. It is filmed like a documentary, like very much docuseries. Um, it's really enjoyable to watch. It's honestly more of the shit that I've been wanting to see from them. It's kind of like a YouTube day in the life, you know, but it's like professionally filmed and we're not getting these like random like pranks and stuff that they used to do just like to fill in tv time like never really interested in that like it was really 
you know, not fun. But this is great. Like we get to see their day to day. And this is so much more interesting than, you know, a lot of things on TV. We really get to see how the, um, the inner workings of their day. We get to see um, their, you know, relationships with another, just random dinners. Even if it's not like a lot going on, it still feels like a lot going on. It still feels very interesting to be, you know, on the inside of these conversations. So um, I'm really enjoying the new show. I like the way that it's filmed. Um, and uh, a few things from this episode, the Travis and Courtney, like, affection uh, the way that they show like their love to each other has been like a topic of conversation for a while because a lot of their pictures are just like, kind of all over each other. Um, besides this like one moment in the episode where they're with the real estate agent and she's like straddling him because like, you know, why are we straddling in front of this like random realtor man? He's just like, trying to do his job. Like I wouldn't necessarily do that. Besides that, I really do understand the like touchy, kissy, always hugging, making out kind of thing. I really fuck with that and I love that and um, my boyfriend and I are very much like that because like you just love each other. You just want to be near each other all the time and you want to show it and you want to you just you just it's just it's not like you're showing off. It's just what you want to do in that moment. You just always want to be with that person holding that person. So I actually really, really get that vibe and I respect it. And I do think that like it does it is off putting to a lot of people. But like, and you know what? People are miserable and like you can't live your life like caring what what you know random person who's not receiving that in their own relationships or giving that in their relationships to give a fuck about what you're doing like we just can't care about people so I really feel that I really love that and I can totally relate to their kind of um way of showing love and you know honestly I think that when people see that it kind of inspires them to be more open and um, touchy and affectionate in their own relationship. I really do believe that. So I really, I'm, I'm into that. I love that. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, uh, when Mario, I don't know why I got emotional when Mario was talking to Kim about how it's, it was so crazy to see her on SNL because, you know, he remembers 12 years ago or however long it was when she first started out. Um, and you know, people just did not believe in her and he just started crying and saying, we can't believe we've come this far. Um, it's true. Like people were like, oh, don't work with her because she's just, she's not going to, she's not going to, you know, amount to anything. Don't do her makeup. And he still was like, no, I'm going to be her makeup artist. And then like, you know, her old publicist was like, you're never going to get on Cosmo. Like, who are you to think you're going to be on the cover of Cosmo? And she's been on it how many times with Vogue? It really is crazy how people will count you out. And it should just be a lesson to anybody that like, don't count anybody out. We never know what somebody, who somebody can become in this world. It's always better to just be kind and watch people and let them grow and flourish and who they're meant to be. And just don't count anybody out. Everyone is valuable and everyone brings something to um, this world. So yeah, that's something that I was reminded of watching this episode. The last thing I'm going to talk about is um, the other show that I watched, binged, uh, The Ultimatum. So I actually didn't think I was going to watch this because I thought it was like really weird, um, a really weird concept, but I decided to just give it a try and I'm so happy I did. I binged it. I will say that like, again, Nick and Vanessa Lachey, cringy hosting one Netflix show at a time. Um, and I read this somewhere and it really resonated with me that this show makes it seem like marriage is like the only marker of maturity. And it's true. It's as if your maturity is determined on the fact that you're willing 
or ready to get married. It's silly. And, you know, this show is, honestly, it's silly. It's, like, entertaining to watch. I'll watch season two, but it's a bunch of buffoonery because, really, any actual couple who are seriously in love considering marriage are not going to go on a dumbass show to watch their significant other engage in shenanigans with random strangers. Like, if I'm going to give my man an ultimatum, it's going to be behind closed doors. Like, look, you need to fucking get down on one knee. It's been X amount of time, and, like, I'm ready. And if you're not, like, then bye. That's how you do it. You're not going to go on the show and be like, I'm going to go date other people and you're going to watch me do it and we're going to televise it so our friends and family can see and then hopefully we get back together and you propose because that's going to compel you to propose. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, again, entertaining, but like, it's not real. Like, I just can't relate. It's If it's like, it pushed like for two out of the six couples to get engaged, like great, congrats, but the experiment didn't really work for them because actually they didn't really go through the experience. They got engaged prior to actually swapping the swapping of the significant others, okay? And also, if the couples were like 26 or under, I really can't take these relationships seriously. I could never go on the show and embarrass myself and then tell my man, you better marry me or I'm going to go date, you know, Caleb over here. Like, what? And also, like, how uncomfortable, how are these people just talking about, like, hooking up with someone else's man or woman right in front of them? Like, nobody feels bad. Nobody cared about April's feelings in this whole show that's kind of what it took away from it they just kept pushing the jake and ray shit like see how that ended and they acted like april wasn't there and i really like felt bad for april i think she handled it so well and like kudos to her because now she's just living her best life with her man and i will say the other thing is like zay was so reckless especially at the reunion it was not okay but you could just tell how hurt he was like the entire show really hurt him and I feel bad for him I feel like this show I just feel like this show was just like borderline ruined his life like he was really going through it like I can't explain it but it really was not a good look or a good time for Zay Zay was not having a good time um and that's really it about that show again I'm gonna watch everything I'm gonna catch up on all my shows my housewives And I'm going to do a full TV recap next time. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and follow me at Starring Milana on Instagram. And I will be back soon.